What is going on, folks? Shirjan here, another episode of Storytime on My Personal Mentor. Today, I have one of the most favorite and awesome people of mine on this podcast. Her name is Santo Chen. Santo has been a friend of mine, a mentee of mine for the longest time, and she has one of the most inspiring stories I've ever heard. And she has that grit and that, like, you know, not accepting defeat personality that I think all of you should learn from. And best of all, she has an attitude which makes you smile, makes you feel excited about life, and makes you feel like, you know what, shit's gonna be okay. So Santo started her life in China, moved to the US not knowing anybody, worked at Yahoo, worked at Facebook, and even, guess what, picked her name from a dictionary. Yeah, I'm not making that up. She's a self-starter, she crushes it. I love everything about Santo. Check out this episode, it's one of my favorites. Santo, welcome to my podcast. I mean, I'm excited to have you. Excited to be here. So your first one, huh? Uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> so that's okay. I mean, uh, I'm just training you for uh, bigger podcasts and better podcasts. But look, welcome to my personal mentor. Uh, you've met me uh, during the leader stuff, but uh, I've known you for a while. And, and I think you've done some cool stuff through some challenging times. And now you're at Facebook. Um, doing some amazing mm-hmm. things there. So I wanted to kind of bring your story to life with a lot of folks who listen to this. And, and I think there's a lot of uh, good lessons there. And, uh, and just wanted to start. So why don't we start with like, you know, before UCLA, right? Because I know you went to UCLA. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about before UCLA. Where were you? Uh, well, if we just were to start from the very beginning, um, I was born in China, mm-hmm. uh, grew up in a few different cities in China and then uh, came to the U.S. back in, let's see, uh, 2009. Um, alone or with family? Uh, alone, alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, went to a boarding high school in New Jersey mm-hmm. uh, called Petty High School. I'm okay. not sure if anyone listening to this knows is, about it. Is, is Petty High School cool? Is that where the cool I, kids go? I would say cool, yeah, yeah. Um, I love my school, yeah. Yeah, I, I would say that's probably one of the uh, best decisions that I made in terms of like, well, my life so far, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, I went there as a sophomore, so um, stayed there for three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then applied to colleges. Number one, decided absolutely cannot stay on East Coast anymore because yeah. it was cold for me yeah <laughs> um, so I was aiming for West um, and then eventually ended up at UCLA so you've been in the United States or North America for only 11 years uh, yes and you have a, per- <laughs> a long time <laughs> would you call Do, it only? <laughs> uh, but I, I mean like your like accent is like it's not like someone who's been in but you spoke English in China too in terms of a you went to an American school there uh, no oh, um, wow. I, I went to a local school. Uh, so, um, so what's my, the back, what's the secret sauce there? <laughs> uh, the secret sauce is having my parents not knowing what to deal with this and, uh, just <laughs> dropping me at, at a school and left me there. Okay. So, so parents uh, should not be involved because, um, <laughs> I applied to schools. Um, petty was my dream school was my first choice. So I was so happy that I got in. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, in 2009, my mom took me to, um, to New Jersey. Um, and really she had no idea what to do. Like we didn't know where to go. Like we didn't know about Target. We didn't know about Costco. Mm -hmm. Uh, so my mom dropped me off the first day and the second day she flew back. Um, this is me without shampoo conditioner, uh, (laughs) without hangers. Um, I think I only have like blankets. I didn't even have the blanket cover. Um, no pillow. So like literally, and you're a sophomore where a lot of other people have already made friends through their freshman year. Yeah. Yeah. So literally my mom dumped me there. So, and then I needed to get all these things. That was like kind of the first step, like forcing me to talk to people in a foreign language. Obviously I yeah. wasn't in English at the time. Um, kind of had to force me to, you know, kind of learn English in a very creative way. Like I didn't know the word hanger. So I didn't know, like, I had to say, like, I need the thing that put the clothes on. <laughs> and I was like, that's how I learned. Oh, that's what the hanger is for. Yes. Um, so when you're in an environment like that, um, and also going to school every day, like feeling like the, literally the teacher sounded like Bumblebee to me because I had no <laughs> idea what they were talking about. I still remember this. I got um, uh, an AD. Uh, on my uh, essay, my first oh my uh, English essay, because I didn't know 
like, cause you know, in like schools, they tell you like the five, like the typical five paragraph essay. Yeah. I didn't know that. So I wrote a poem cause I was like, <laughs> that's like, that's the maximum amount of words that I put out. Yeah. So I got to on that, obviously. Um, my teacher was very nice to help me with it. Um, but you know, the first three months was just constantly trying to pick up what other people, uh, are talking about. So, mm -hmm. uh, starting from understanding about 30% to, yeah. you know, 40%, eventually getting more and more. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And eventually got to here. Nice. And this was uh, all girls or mixed? It was mixed. It was mixed. Got it. Yeah. So weather and all this stuff and you're just like, you know what, maybe the West coast has, has a, has a, maybe, maybe there's more Chinese speaking people on the West coast. <laughs> um, I actually didn't know that. So yeah. um, for me, uh, well, I've never been to California before this. Mm -hmm. So moving to UCLA, I actually had a culture shock for me oh, wow. personally. I did not expect there to be this many Asians. So, mm -hmm. um, well, number one was that my school was small. So my school had like 400 people, four or 500 people. And mm -hmm. then going to UCLA, the first thing is, wow, there's so many Asians. And number two was schools are so huge. Like Massive. I would be sitting in like first year colleges with schools uh, with classes where there's like 400 people and I would be like, this is my entire high school basically. <laughs> and I'm not used to it. Yeah. Oh my God. That is crazy. And, and yeah. now, and you're living in one of the dorms. Uh, that's where the fun begins. This the social life begins. Um, yeah, but well, I mean, by the time I got to college, I was already used to it. Cause oh, I, you're already a party animal high school. I remember like moving into the dorm, in um, college and then there were like girls trying to figure out how to use the washer and yeah. I'm like, like I way ahead of you I learned like, this like three years ago be like, I'll go ahead and teach you washer and I'll teach you how to spell hanger yeah <laughs> <laughs> I love it okay so you get there you have roommates uh, you're starting the college life for me UCLA experience was so different because I was a grad student and oh, there's, yeah. there's no fun being a young grad student like you know <laughs> like because like most grad students are like 28 29 either married or almost married and they don't oh, want to really? party. And I was like 22 and I was just like, oh, I, I'm, I'm here for the, the, the true UCLA experience. So you're the outlier. <laughs> no, and, and then I tried to hang out with like some of the seniors at UCLA from undergrad, mm -hmm. but nobody want to hang out with like, you know, nearly bald 23 yeah, year old. Because you're a dinosaur compared to them. Oh like, yeah. As a dinosaur. Oh my God, it's the worst. So I was like, I've never, yeah, I still miss uh, living in LA. Like I've never lived in LA as an adult and mm -hmm. I can't wait for things to you know fully settle down in my life where I can finally settle in LA at one point in my life because I think it's a it's one of the best places to live I do miss the food there food is great yes mm -hmm. food is great other than driving right <laughs> everything else is great well I'm in Bay Area it's not much better so oh <laughs> yeah. so you go to UCLA and you chose uh, computer science from the beginning um no I chose okay. uh engineering undecided uh okay. but I was like even before I um I guess even before I started college, I pretty much was settled on, on CS, but I just didn't want to make that commitment just in case there's something else. Cause at what the time, is CA, computer and science. Wait, sorry. What was it? What, what is CAS? No, CS. Oh, just CS. Okay. Okay. Yeah, gotcha, yeah. Gotcha. I'm saying I didn't fully commit to CS just mm -hmm. because I wanted to see if, in case if there's anything else that I really, you know, that interests mm -hmm. me more. Like one of the things I looked at was uh, civil engineering, actually, because mm -hmm. uh, my mom was a civil engineer, actually. So I wanted to explore the possibility just to see, because I know um, at the time, uh, Disney actually hired a lot of civil engineers to work on like the park, Disney parks. Oh, wow. and all. Yeah. So that was one of the things I wanted to explore. Mm -hmm. um, and then there, uh, my, I've always, always wanted to do design as well. Mm -hmm. Um, so to be honest, uh, really wanted to do like, uh, like graphic design or like some kind of like architecture design, maybe some sort of thing like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you want to do that, like the school that you want to go to is like probably like RISD, Rhode Island School of Design. Okay. Yeah. Um, my mom said, if you try to apply to that school, if you try to go to that school, I'm not going to pay for your tuition because yeah. you're not going to be able to find a job. <laughs> Basically, um, yeah. which is very realistic. Like it's, it's, it's true. Mm -hmm. uh, but obviously at the time I didn't appreciate it. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, and at 
and I knew that UCLA had a pretty good, like they call it design and media arts program. So mm -hmm. I was even thinking about maybe I will leave engineering and try to do that. Gotcha. Um, so there was like multiple plans at the time. CS was definitely one of the things I was interested, mm -hmm. but it wasn't like I'm fully committed to CS. Yeah. How much was, how much uh, was the parental pressure or society pressure? Like, Hey, engineering is where jobs are. Cause I come from an immigrant family too. And engineering mm -hmm. doctor is kind of the, the two beacons of hope. <laughs> I don't think my parents were too into about pressuring me to become a engineer or a, um, what would be the other one? A physician or yeah, mm -hmm. a doctor. Um, there, this is very real in the sense that my parents are, were like, they're in China. I'm mm -hmm. the only person here. Technically the only way for me to stay here is to be able to find a job. True. So their goal is as long as you can find a job that can get you um, a green card, mm -hmm. it doesn't need to be engineer or physician. It doesn't need to be that, but it needs to be something. And they know being an artist will not give me that job. No, there's, there's no new art factory opening yeah, up. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, technically if you do like, accounting or tech consultant maybe you can get a green card like you can get the work mm -hmm. visa through that um they wouldn't they wouldn't mind if i get that Got so it. they don't have the pressure of me becoming exactly an engineer or doctor but they do have the pressure of me trying to make sure i stay here objective um, very objective oriented they're like okay here's the goal let's fi let's you know figure that goal out first and we can figure out the other stuff as they come yeah and and to be honest though this part i do appreciate their pressure on that is that um, my parents like growing up in China or working in China, they know that my personality would not fit like in how it works in China. Like if mm. I were to go back to work in China, I will probably get fired within a few weeks because I will be <laughs> one who would stand up to the boss and say, Hey, I don't think this is right. That and is if right. the boss doesn't listen to me, I will go to my skip boss and then I will keep doing that. And yeah. in China, that's not something that you should be doing at all. So very hierarchical there for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. So, so the goals were set, you got into engineering and slowly you, you start finding your path. So what did you do then? Like, you know, there's so many options within engineering. So you stuck to one, but when did you switch to CS? Um, well, I pretty much switched to CS after the first half. Okay. Uh, I mean, not half first quarter. What's, what's the, what's semester. the first semester? Yeah. See, mm -hmm. I don't even remember which one. Um, <laughs> first semester. Um, I guess a few things. Um, back in high school, I already picked up a like a programming language um, for visual arts. So mm -hmm. it was nothing close to like you know Python, C plus plus. It's this visual art uh, sort of programming language called uh, processing. You okay. can write some code and then it will like program out like a graphic art or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, that was interesting, and I realized that you know, maybe design and media arts, like that major would not be the perfect fit in the sense of, you know, finding a job, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, so decided, and also at the same time, civil engineer, the, and the end product was interesting. Like being an Imagineer at Disney was still something that's interesting. Ooh, to that's me. a cool word. Uh, that's, yes. that's what they call their engineers, Imagineers? Yeah, Imagineers. Um, oh, wow, but, I love it. Um, I looked at like the, the the initial like work or like the courses that they studied that wasn't interesting to me mm. so the the end goal is interesting but the process of getting there is not interesting to me and i want something where it's like end goal might be interesting and the process will be interesting as well mm. uh, and cs was good because i i do like programming like i'm not a genius in it like mm -hmm. no i'm not bill gates or anything but i do like it mm -hmm. and uh the you know, after like at 2 a.m. being able to code out the program that your professor asked, it mm -hmm. feels like they're accomplishing and I do like that. Yeah. So decided to do CS um, pretty much like one semester after um, joining, uh, uh, well, starting at UCLA. Got it, got it. For me, like, you know, when I was in college, I love programming too and I'll tell you a funny story. So mm -hmm. freshman year of college, I, I was like, I was one of the better you know, uh, programmers, but not like the elite program, but like the better mm -hmm. middle, middle order, uh, of my class. And similar to yours, like we had like 400 kids. So what I would do is every programming assignment, I would, uh, do it in two versions. I would do like my version and mm -hmm. then I would do another one for the general population. 
Mm. Then, and then <laughs> and then I would give away the free, the other one to all the other kids to help them out. So if they needed, uh, you know, a little cheat sheet or whatever. Mm-hmm. The funny thing is for the last final project, I did the same thing and 18 or 19 students submitted exactly my code. Oh. And so they got caught. So then when they got caught, so professor reaches out to me. He's like, uh, sure, sure. Like I've, uh, there's 19 students who are being expelled and they say the assignment came from you, but yours is a totally different assignment. So what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> and I was like, so- and he's like, he's like, is this your code? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, how is it different from the other code? I'm like, well, I did one for the general public so they can learn. So he was like, I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> how is that even allowed? I mean, That's- I can I can code for as many times as I want, and I can share That's the true. code with people to learn from it. But it's up to them; they have to learn from it only, not. That's true. Yeah. So, anyways, I've so I I was a uh, kind of like uh, that guy, but you know, you you will be the guy where I look up your GitHub like 2 a.m. in the morning because I really couldn't figure stuff out. And then I'll be like, oh my gosh, like, let me, let me Google this. Oh, the sure John guy posted on GitHub. Exactly. So that, that was the OG version of GitHub for my, yeah. for my, for my college. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I write the most inefficient code, by the way. So if you want the <laughs> longest code ever, like I'll, I'll write that just four loops for days. Um, oh, but- I can't do that. <laughs> I have OCD. Okay, good. I like that. So I will, I will work with you as my next founder one day for sure. <laughs> um, so uh, you take CS then, and now the world of tech opens up to you. And was that the first uh, ultimate, like I guess, career you wanted to take post CS, mm-hmm. or were you interested in something else? Yeah. Now you're reminding me. No, oh. I actually took a detour for a while. That um, well. Also because I, I, I well, I, I am interested in tech, but at the same time, like I've always wanted to see, like maybe eventually one day I want to do something on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't need to be the company. Like now that I thought about it, it could be nonprofit, but like it needs to be something that I do on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, you know, like uh, maybe I should join something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I saw this, like, you know, this, they're like, they, they make it, they, they look like very cool. Like, you know, AK Sia business fraternity. Mm-hmm. So, um, I pledged. Um, so I got in, uh, um, to AK Sai. Uh, I joined AK Sai, uh, my, um, oh yeah, actually my first semester, uh, at oh, UCLA. Wow. So for those, yeah. for those people listening who don't know, so these are fraternities who are business fraternities. They're kind of like groups or clubs, let's just say, and pledging means that you have to apply. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Got it. Uh, and then I got in. Um, and then I think through that, I saw this thing. Um, there's another industry called investment banking. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually thought I was like, um, it sounds interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And your I, pers- also- your personality is like perfect for it, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Cause well, like, you're well, like, you know, you're confident, you know, you know what you want and you don't take shit. You know? Yeah. And, and I think the part of it is like, it's it everyone says it's challenging. Like yeah. I'm literally like, um, you know, like the more you say it's challenging, the more it's like, I like to try it. Yeah. Yeah. Give me, give me more. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you, you say it's challenging. Um, let me try it out. If I need to see if it's challenging for me, like for my standards. So yeah. I think like the more people tell me, Oh my gosh, like uh, the 80 hours workload, all of that, like it's, it's very challenging. But at the same time, if you get out of it, it's very rewarding, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, they say that. So then to me at the time, I was like, I would really like to try it out. Almost as if not even because I, I even know about, uh, you know, the industry itself. It's almost like I just want to try it out because people always say it's challenging. Mm-hmm. So I had this whole detour for a few months where I was like, I want to try it out. Yeah. But um Obviously, I guess eventually what I realized is you can't do something just because people say it's challenging. Like there's going to be a lot of things people say it's challenging. Yeah. You got to do something that you like, you know, I think I might hate myself, you know, if I get myself into investment or maybe I will like it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think the, the starting point for me that got me into it was not right. Like, yeah. If, if it says I'm into or I wanted to do iBanking only because people say it's challenging, I, I, I don't think that's a good enough reason for me to get into it. So, um, you know, and then yeah. afterwards, I kind of went back to um, computer science. Yeah, I think like also the motivation, right? I think if you have the wrong motivation, like you said, yeah. it can actually hurt you. And it may not hurt you in the short run because you'll just suck it up and do the job. Yeah. But, but pretty quickly, and especially as you get older in your career, I'm not saying like too many years, like even two or three years into your career, 
you slowly start seeing, uh, not slowly, actually pretty quickly start seeing the effects of you lying to yourself in the past. Yeah. Like, you know, you know, if you look at investment banking, for example, yeah, it's okay and easy to fake it during an interview that, oh, I'll, I love working hard. I love working on mm -hmm. deals and da, da, da. But within three months, when it hits, you're like, oh man, I wish I'd chosen something that I would actually be passionate about. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and that's where I think like, you know, yeah, sure, go through the boot camp, but if you can avoid it and if you can find your passion early on enough, oh, you're already on a better path. Yeah, and I, and, and I think like that's one of the things that, um, you know, like it, you should always find like path for yourself, even if you have all these pressure from other things. Like for example, my mom said, you know, I'm not gonna pay for tuition if you go to RISD or stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Then I'll try to find another path. Like the main goal for me, the reason I wanted to go to RISD is because I want to do something that's design related. Mm -hmm. um, CS in a sense is design related because you're designing software. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's like, yes, it's different from what I started off like wanting, but mm -hmm. the es essence of it is still the same. You're still designing things. I'm designing algorithm. I'm designing programs. I'm designing softwares. Um, it's not much different than, you know, designing a building, designing um, a poster or stuff like that. So uh, to me, it's like I carved out a path within the um, within a frame that was given to me or mm -hmm. like saying, you know, like I have to find a job mm -hmm. uh, to be able to allow me to get a work visa and stay here. So among all the jobs that will get me a work visa, what are the ones that will interest me? So that's kind of yeah. where I went. Yeah. Got it. Got it. And it makes, that makes sense a lot. And especially being international, that work visa thing is a big variable part of it. And, okay. and you don't want to reduce your chances of that because then the other option is you got to go back to China. Exactly. Um, so, so first opportunity, I guess the first few internships, did you do any internships in non uh, non tech, like non tech companies, or was like um, tech company the, the Facebook the first big big one? No, I did yeah. related once. So okay. my first two were I'm doing like product design or mm -hmm. um or with minimal coding um as at at like tech companies. Like mm -hmm. so, there was a company where I was uh, designing their website. Um, mm -hmm. there was another company where I was designing their app. So mm -hmm. that got me familiarized with like the, the, uh, the workflow, I guess, of developing some sort of program at a tech company. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, at the same time, when my design gets passed on to uh, like the programmer, I get to look at their code. So it was mm -hmm. still helpful to me um, in the sense to like at this internship that, that I get to see like how, how it works and I get to read their code, at least learn a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, Obviously, Facebook was definitely the big one um, mm -hmm. before that. But I think like the two uh, internships that I had before definitely helped me a lot. And even mm -hmm. now, it's still helping me in the sense that right now at my job, um, my team, like the, broker, the, the, the software, the applications that we build are requiring uh, product designers to come in and help us redesign the thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and because of my previous experience in product design, um, I help bridge that gap between product designers and other engineers on the team. Mm -hmm. Um, that, that experience definitely helped. Yeah. And also I'm assuming like, you know, you, you know, you, anything that you can do to edge yourself one step forward to getting to a Facebook or Google or whatever is, is helpful and getting some of those smaller internship, even though they yes. may not be as lucrative or brand name or recognizable, it doesn't matter. It's a step in the right direction, especially early on in your career. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not lucrative at all. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was broke. <laughs> I was very broke. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So the Yahoo was, I, I saw on your LinkedIn, Yahoo was one of the uh, stops or. Oh yeah. Sorry. Or sorry. just lying on your LinkedIn. Two and I didn't even get to Yahoo. I am so uh, sorry. So I did two before <laughs> I did two yeah. internships and then I got to Yahoo and then I got to Facebook. Oh my gosh. Got Yahoo's going to kill me. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yahoo. 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 So yeah, this was, was this during the Marissa Mayer days? Yes. Okay. Got yes. It. So you're um, at Yahoo. I actually got to yeah. meet her in person. She's very Ooh. nice. Ooh, okay. I love, I love how you said that. <laughs> She's very nice in person, at least when I talk to her. <laughs> okay. I get, I believe you. I'm not saying I haven't met her. I don't know her. Don't sue me. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you met, you met, uh, you go to Yahoo. You have a three month long meeting with Marissa Mayer. And I didn't have a meeting with her. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> so, so those of you who know Marissa Mayer was CEO of Yahoo. Before that, she was a super senior person at Google and is one of the legends in the world of tech uh, and one of the first OG female tech leadership people yeah. before all of this movement mm -hmm. and stuff that we know about. So then you worked at Yahoo. Yahoo isn't, wasn't doing as well. Um, were you actively, and this, this was during the time, oh yeah, this was the summer of UCLA. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And, uh, I, I don't know how, uh, how it, this is going to sound like, um, but I interned there with the, the sole goal, the, the main goal of getting a return offer there. For sure. Because at the time to me, I told myself, or, you know, I like a challenge and all that, but mm -hmm. uh, maybe it's because, you know, uh, I wasn't too confident in my own coding skills or something like that. But mm -hmm. um, I told myself Yahoo is probably the best I would ever get. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I was like, if I get a return offer from Yahoo, I would just take it. I would not do it. Like it's, it's the best I will ever get. And I should not try to get more. Um, I should not try to ask more, just be satisfied with what I have. Like, yeah, that was the goal at the time. Yeah. Um, and this was kind of like your last shot as well. Cause this is your last internship before you graduate. Um, no, but, uh, I will explain why it wasn't oh, okay. my last shot. Okay. Um, but it, it it at the time I thought it was kind of my last shot. And I said, you know, I'll, I'll get an offer. I don't think I can do any better than Yahoo. Um, but I didn't get an offer. Yahoo, uh, gave me kind of like they were asking whether I would be able to get a return internship. Um, mm -hmm. I guess they didn't think I was up to the bar for, um, a full time, but they were willing to have me go back as an intern again. Oh, but okay. at the time I couldn't do an intern anymore. Like I was graduating. Um, mm. and also it, I have to say it hurt my feeling a little bit cause I thought I'm I worked my ass off. I really yeah. thought that. Yeah. Um, so it was basically decision for me to pick up that tr somehow try to figure out maybe to stay at UCLA for one more semester mm -hmm. to get that return internship from Yahoo or, uh, you know, uh, reject it and then, yeah. uh, figure out a way later. Oh, um, wow. So you had a, you had a time limit on that. So you had to like accept oh, yeah, it. And yeah, reject yeah, it. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. And then I think, I guess somehow I just had that feeling I was like, you know, screw this. Like, Let's try it. Who knows? Maybe I'll get something better. I don't know where I got that confidence, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. Um, From but the I mirror. But I told myself, I was like, well, nah. I looked at myself, I was like, I got this. I, I don't want to take this anymore. I'm just going to do this. Yeah, so I was like, no, no, I'm not taking your offer. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Doesn't matter how I was begging for uh, an offer before. No, I'm not taking it anymore. So I was like that. Yeah. Um, and it just worked out that... Uh, my parents at the time uh, were applying for a green card for the whole family. Mm -hmm. um, and long story short, uh, the timeline got stretched out longer than I expected that yeah. I had to stay in China to wait for that green card to come to me mm -hmm. um, or like wait for our application to be approved. And that took longer than expected. Mm -hmm. And I ended up skipping a semester at UCLA, like I was staying in China. Oh, and wow. because of me skipping that semester, mm -hmm. I stayed at UCLA uh, for like a fifth year. Got it. And that made me eligible for one more internship. Mm. Yeah. Gotcha. And gotcha, that gotcha. was when I got Facebook. Yeah. I think yeah. like stepping back on this, this is awesome, by the way. This is amazing. I get this is this is one of the key decisions you'll make in your life. It all worked out. It all worked but, out and it majority of it was not in your control, right? Nope. Mm -hmm. And 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 I think the first thing I want to kind of step back on is where, you know, going back to a place that didn't value you and kind of, you know, it was their way or the highway. And you're mm -hmm. like, you know what, F it, I'll take the highway. I think that's the right move because, you know, even in your situation where you didn't have, you know, the luxury of like being an American citizen and just going everywhere else and, you know, your time's running out a little bit with school and all that you didn't want to go to a place that didn't want you and where you had mm -hmm. put an equal effort and all. So I love mm -hmm. that. And you took that risk. I had an interview, uh, I interviewed Gabriel, who's another, uh, you know, one of our mentees and friends uh, mm -hmm. on the podcast last week. 
And his, uh, you know, parting advice to young people was like, you know, if you are, you know, young and early in your career, take the risk, right? Mm -hmm. Like, because you can afford it, right? Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and someone like you who had, you know, immense amount of uh, unknowns in your life equation, let's just say, you took that risk and fast forward, it worked out. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love and, it. And you I mean, to be honest, like I am still grateful that I had that internship at Yahoo. I learned so much from that internship. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that was like my first experience of like having an insight on how it works at tech company. Obviously, mm -hmm. like Yahoo was the two companies before were all small startups and Yahoo was like the first big tech company that I went to. And, mm -hmm. you know, I'm very grateful that it gave me an internship. I learned all that experience there. It's, it, it definitely prepped me for Facebook. Yeah, it definitely. Yeah. Oh yeah, for um, sure. Yeah. I, um, one side story I want to mention is this was a junior year for me when I was an undergrad and it, you know, economy was still doing great. You know, we still hadn't hit the Oh nine a recession so this was the, as the summer of 08 and i think maybe maybe recession was already there but like as a student you don't really know about it, mm -hmm. it, affects, it, yeah. it doesn't affect you as much so the two companies that i got a return uh, got an offer for summer internship in my junior year was uh rim which is research mm -hmm. in motion mm -hmm. makes blackberry and, mm -hmm. then, and then the other one or made let's just say and then the other one was accenture so, mm. and at that time, RIM was, was the cool smartphone company, like the hot shot. It was yeah. as cool as Apple and iPhone is. And, and for me, I was like, oh man, Accenture would be even cooler because it's business and consulting and, and mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. You know, the, you get like blinded by the suits and whatever, the luxuries of business, let's just say. And, mm -hmm. and, and I chose Accenture. So I declined mm. RIM. Mm -hmm. And in my mind at that moment, you know, a lot of friends were like, oh, you're so stupid, dude. You could have gotten a free Blackberry. And like, you know, that's, <laughs> <laughs> but having said that, I, you know, fast forward, it, you know, I f it felt like the right decision at that point. Uh, but then when Accenture, I worked my ass off just like you did. And out of the six interns that were in my class for the Toronto kind of office, uh, five got a return offer and I was the one who didn't get one. Oh. And and then at that time, the economy had really tanked and nobody was trying to hire like a 3.0 mm -hmm. GPA aerospace engineer for investment banking, which I was my, which was my new passion. Yeah. So, so at that moment, I remember this, I was sitting outside the library when I had received that call from Accenture and I, I took the call outside the library and then I was just devastated. I felt like my entire life and purpose of it had just crashed. Oh. But now when I look back at that moment, it's the it's like one of the funniest moments of my life because like I'm like that didn't mean shit. <laughs> yeah, and and I think like it's those moments that define you, and also like the decision that you make at that moment definitely goes a long way. Like it will influence your your life in the next few years as well. Oh yeah, just like I mean, the best thing we can do, and you have done, is you know pick up and move forward, one step forward. Mm -hmm. You know, it's very easy to just you know call it quits, put the white flag up and be like, I, I'm done. Yeah. Um, just take one step forward and, and let that story play out. Let that for loop run for another few, few, few iterations. And you'll be like, Oh, yeah. that's great. Mm -hmm. So you get to Facebook. Oh my God. And this is, this is the, you know, this is the fun times still, still fairly a young company. It wasn't a behemoth by then, was it? Uh, 2016. Oh, it's 2016. It was, okay. it was pretty big, but yeah. Um, well, side story. I, I, I have a side story for yeah, this. Tell me. When I was interviewing for Facebook, um, mm -hmm. it, the first round was on campus. Mm -hmm. uh, second round, like if you pass first round, then they uh, fly you to um, the MPK, like the Menlo Park campus. Uh, then you do like your second round or something like that. My first round, I thought I bombed it because I like went in my first interview. Um, yeah. The guy asked some dynamic programming question. Mm -hmm. And at the time I was like, I walked in, I was like, dude, I learned dynamic programming last week. I did not even finish the homework on this. Like, <laughs> I don't remember enough of dynamic programming. And this is the first interview question that I get. I was like, <laughs> I was balling inside obviously, but I was, I was like, I was very honest with the person. I was like, I learned this last week. Yeah. Um, but I, my hope was obviously maybe try to ask a different question. Yeah. But then the guy's like, okay, that's fine. And I was like, well, um, okay. Double <laughs> down. We'll, we'll, do, we'll do with uh, everything that I know. Um, I thought I bombed it because I didn't finish the question. Um, mm. 
Uh, I walked out. Uh, I was, uh, I, I, you know, the, the recruiter was very nice. And I said, you know, I bombed it. Uh, I probably won't see you again, but thank you so much for giving me this opportunity, blah, blah, blah. I said mm-hmm. that. And then uh, my recruiter said, uh, you don't know that. Like, Oh, you never know. And I, <laughs> this is the exact word that I said. I said, I bet you $15 that I would not get it. I know my <laughs> interview. I said that. Um, so, and then, and then I was like, you know, still, but thank you so much. And then, and then I, and then I left. And then two weeks later, um, the recruiter called me and he said, you owe me that $15. <laughs> and <laughs> nice. I, I, I remember at the time I was walking across, um, uh, like I was like standing in front of Powell library, like mm-hmm. I used to be, uh, doing something like I was about to walk back and I got that. I was like, I was a one person jumping right in front of Paul. I was like, ah, hell yeah, I made it. Like, something like that. <laughs> I love it. First of all, years, like, what the heck is this girl doing? <laughs> First um, of all, tell me about the valuation of $15. Like, <laughs> that's, that's a, that's a very specific number. I literally, I said that. Um, and then that's why like now every time, um, cause now I do, uh, onsite interview at UCLA now, actually like, uh, last year, mm-hmm. the year before, like I was on site at UCL interviewing people for interns. Yeah. Um, and then there will be people literally coming in and then they couldn't figure stuff out. And then um, like towards the end, you can just tell that they're so frustrated. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, I bought this. And I'll be like, don't think that way. You never know. <laughs> I love I can it. Tell them, you know, my own experience. And the, the, the reason being, you know, yes, if you figure out a solution, it's good. Mm-hmm. If you couldn't figure out a solution, we are still looking for your thought process. You yeah. know, like maybe you're almost there. And like as an intern interviewing, like we could be asking really hard question where it's not expected that you will get to or you will finish the follow up question. All it is is that we're looking for whether how like how you get there. Mm-hmm. So the path of getting there is important. Yeah. So. That's, that's just throwing out there. If when you're doing a coding interview, if you cannot figure it out, it doesn't matter. It just show all your thought process, then you might still have a chance. Yeah. Look, you're hundred percent right. And adding to that, I think, you know, another thing that changes the dynamic is you can actually have an interview or do an interview where you like vomit and screw up a bunch of questions. Like you don't get to the right answer. And even if you had the right, like, you know, thought process, but if you have an amazing attitude about it, and exactly. like personality and ability to connect with the interviewer, uh, like you, it can have a massive impact. I had an interview with uh, when I was interviewing Morgan Stanley, and one of the interviews was the guy who was a VP was like eating a pizza while interviewing me, <laughs> and he's just asking me all these like stupid questions and whatever, and I'm answering them fine, but there's some hard ones. And then he's just like during the whole interview, I'm like making him laugh as well with my answers, like because I, I knew some of the questions I just didn't know the answer to, and he's just <laughs> laughing his ass off, and he's like, you know what? You got a bunch of these wrongs, but because I like you, I'll move you through. So it's just like little things like that, which, because like they're looking for someone who's going to work hard, is going to learn. You're, we're all smart yeah. people. So, you mm-hmm. know, so that's, that's great advice, Santo. Um, hey, my actually, $15 worked. <laughs> and you, and, and you already earned your money. Oh, no, you lost $15. Actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, uh, one side uh, story I would love to know is Santo and Sarah. And you changed to Sarah on LinkedIn. And, and, and we talked about uh, this. Yeah why that, that's not something that um i i am not happy about that so um well okay so Santo, <laughs> tell me the real tell me the real story that's not that's <laughs> wait do you know the real story no I, that's what i'm asking you the real story <gasps> okay so that's not my chinese name either my chinese name is xinran um okay. my english name at the time so Santo, this name I literally, I was like, I want an English name. This is, this is like when I was in what, sixth grade, something like that. Like when I was still back back in China, Mm -hmm. I said, I want to look for a name, but I didn't know where to look for it. And obviously I said, okay, I want to look it up from a dictionary. (laughs) There's not even (laughs) just a dictionary. And then I looked at the dictionary. Um, and I said, I want my name to start with S. So I flipped S and I said, okay, let's start with S. And I got tired um, after looking for a while. And I said, okay, Santo, it means saint. And I'm like, I'm going to be a saint. There you go. I love it. (laughs) That's how I chose the name. 
<laughs> oh man, I love that. It, it could have been way worse if I were to move on to, you know, S-H-A-T. Because <laughs> it's a dictionary. It's not like a name dictionary. It's a dictionary. Uh -huh. So I could have ended up something like really bad word. Who knows? But like SARS. Um, luckily I landed on a good word. <laughs> like SARS. You could have been SARS. <laughs> it would have been so timely right now. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's how I came up with my name, literally from a dictionary. Um, Got it. And that was Santo. Um, and then what I realized is that when I was recruiting, um, this is the cruel fact or just, the, you know, the reality is that if you want the recruiter to remember you, mm -hmm. um, Santo somehow just didn't work. And I oh, thought, really? you know, I thought it's an easy enough name. Mm -hmm. um, I really thought so. But like, you know, you would be at like some sort of like a icebreaker thing for Info sessions or one of those networking things and then it would be like a one recruiter versus like five people right mm -hmm. and then they would go with people's name blah 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 and then be like oh what's your name benjamin uh frank yeah. eric Santo. um mm -hmm. even like other like other ethnicities name they can they can handle yeah. and then afterwards they would be like sorry what's your name again like yeah. it, it's just hard Ugh. and i'm like as hard as it is, let me choose a white ass name so white that they cannot forget. So, <laughs> that is literally my strategy. And I said, uh, I know a few Sarah in my life. Um, it's easy to remember. Let's mm -hmm. go with that one. All right. So you chose, chose Sarah. Other options, other, other leading candidates were Mary and Michelle. Yeah, I feel like this as easy as possible. <laughs> Got it. So are we going back to Santa soon? I want to. Um, so my, I'm actually, I applied for the citizenship. Nice. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I don't plan on putting Sarah on it. I do Good. plan on putting Santo on it. Um, I love Santo. I, I think work, it's a perfect if, brand. You, you should brand that you should own it. Like, I don't know if you, if you own it, you should own Santo.com. Um, I think, do I, I, I can't remember. I may have purchased it. If you, like, don't, if you, if you, if you don't purchase it in the next hour, I'm going to purchase it. I'm going to sell it to you for $15. <laughs> well, I can't afford that one. <laughs> yeah. um, but, but the thing is that at work, it's already Sarah. So I don't know um, how long it's going to take if I want to change back, but I'm, I'm okay with at work being Sarah, but like personal people, like people, like personal friends and like people mm -hmm. that I know from college, like I yeah. do still ask them to call me Santo because like, that's what I, like, you know, that, that's my name. That's the name that I picked, yeah, not yeah. the name that I was forced to pick. It's, it's more you. It's, it's, it's destiny. There's destiny behind it, okay? Yeah. yeah. And I think, I think, like, once, when and if you do leave Facebook, that's when you change it. Or when and if you switch groups within Facebook, you switch mm -hmm. to Santo. And I think, that's the, I, think that, I think that's the play. And then, because you're going to do a lot of cool things, and you already are. And I think you're going you're gonna to have a public yeah. image where, you know, I know you're doing some stuff on the side, which we'll talk mm -hmm. about in a bit. That's where I think the transition will come naturally. So, mm -hmm. so Facebook, you do the summer internship and you crush it. Mm, I haven't <laughs> seen my review yet, but I would say I got a return offer at least. Okay, so you got the return offer. Oh, no, so, so you went to final round interview, no stories there. You got the internship, you crushed it as far as we know, and you got the full time. Now, how did you, you know, at that point, it was kind of like, this is, this is, this is the best I'm going to just double down or were there other options that you were still considering? Um, uh, there's another side story then. Yes. I love side <laughs> story. That's where the juice is. <laughs> um, the, I, I was definitely considering interviewing for other companies. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I was like getting ready for other companies, like getting ready for the interviews already. Um, and then, uh, this is probably like the 10th week of my internship. Mm -hmm. Um, I woke up on Monday morning at like 2 a.m. and like severe pain in my stomach that I could mm -hmm. not um, walk or whatever. Oh. Throwing up, diarrhea, everything. The whole <laughs> uh, there's no the filter buffet. on this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, yeah, I like um, But uh, everyone knows that the medical, um, like medical bill is so high here, uh, mm -hmm. you know, in the US. So I was like, being a cheap ass Asian as I was, I was like, I'm not paying for this. I can wait until 8 a.m. when the medical center opens at Facebook because that's yes. free for me. 
<laughs> I was like, I am not paying for that ambulance thing. Mm, like I'm yep. not paying for ambulance. I am waiting. I waited for six hours and that was like the longest six hours that I ever had to endure because I could not sleep. And oh I was going up like every 20 minutes. I don't know what it is. By the way, doctor never found out what it is. I don't oh know. God. I have no idea. At 8 a.m., I I drove to um, Facebook and mm. like, uh, no shame here. I used yeah. carpool even though I was one like by myself, but I just really could not endure the pain it's anymore. It's an emergency. It was an emergency. I was in so much pain that I was uh, holding, like using my, um, putting my right hand on the steering wheel and using yeah. my left hand to open my eyes. Like oh physically. my God. That's how much pain I was, but I still wasn't willing to pay for the ambulance. <laughs> um, That's a real hustle. That's medicine. a hustle warrior right there. <laughs> I got to the medical center. I said, doctor, I really cannot deal with this anymore. I don't know what this is. Like, help me. And the doctor says, you got to go to the hospital. Like, we're going to call an ambulance for you. And I said, no, that costs money. <laughs> and, the, and the doctor said, um, you're an intern. We give you insurance. That's included in your insurance. And oh. I said, get the ambulance right now. <laughs> I had, I had no idea. So I knew that I had insurance, yeah. but I didn't know that my insurance covers everything just yeah. like full-time mm -hmm. um, employee. Um, so I ended up in the, uh, in the uh, hospital for four days mm -hmm. um, and Stanford? full recovery, but still doctor couldn't tell what it was. I oh, stayed wow. there for uh, uh, four days. I came out. Um, I received a bill of $92,000. Um, it tells me it's $92,000, but, and then it tells you everything is paid for. You don't need to worry about it. Oh, wow. But it gave me that bill and I looked at it and I said, holy crap. Like, and that, that is crazy. Yeah. I will be losing so much money. I will be so in debt if, um, you know, if I weren't, wasn't a, a, a Facebook intern. Oh yeah. Um, I don't know how other tech companies insurance was, but, mm -hmm. um, I can't imagine all the tech companies having the same kind of insurance that Facebook have. Yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe the big ones will have, but mm -hmm. I felt bad at the time. And I was like, even though it's Facebook insurance that pay for it, Facebook didn't pay for the 92 K mm -hmm. I felt bad because I felt like I owe Facebook money. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you keep on owing Facebook money, $15, yeah. $92,015 yeah. now. And because of that, I said, you know what? Like, it was a really great internship experience. Mm -hmm. um, I enjoy what I did. I and uh, that, Facebook that. saved my ass by giving me this insurance. Let me stay <laughs> at least for a while to pay back. Oh, my God. Like, for people who don't get it in the U.S., um, you know, obviously, medical systems are medical systems. You get insurance, whatever. But there's still a little bit of money you may have to pay. But, like, the best insurance companies, like, uh, insurance plans like Facebook provides or Google mm -hmm. provides will cover most of it. So I'll tell you a quick side story of mine. So my freshman year, again, story from Menlo Park, I was at Morgan Stanley and mm -hmm. late night working. Um, I was wearing one of those like Beats headphones, but not the ones that are like over the ear, but the little mm -hmm. ones. And, mm -hmm. and, um, and basically um, uh, using that, I, you know, finished work and then I took up my headphones, put them in a little case. And I realized that one of the rubber tips was missing. So I'm looking around, couldn't find it. And I'm like, oh, maybe it's in my ear. If I, like, you know, it's like, touch my right ear and I hit it and it goes inside my ear. <laughs> so I'm just sitting there. So I'm not in any pain or anything, but I'm like, oh, fuck. Like now I have an ear, like a rubber tip in my ear canal and I can't take it out. So I'm like, okay, this is easy. I'll just drive to Stanford and Stanford Medical is right there. And I'll walk in. And I'll be like, here's the situation. And they'll figure it out. So I go there, I walk in, they sit me down. They're like, oh, yeah, that's easy. They make me sign a couple of forms. And then the doctor comes, a nurse comes, has a little tool, basically like a little, um, it's like a little like pipe with a little balloon at the other end. Mm -hmm. And he puts it in, blows up the balloon, and then he pulls it out, right? Literally like a 30 second procedure, mm -hmm. right? No medicines, no nothing, no hospital room, none of that stuff. So, uh, you know, two weeks later, I get a bill from, uh, from medical, Stanford Medical, and it's like $4,500. And, and I was like, oh, I have insurance. This is going to be taken care of, obviously. And then uh, like two weeks after that, I get a bill from the insurance company and it's $1,500. So basically insurance company covered 3,000. I had to pay 1,500. But I, you know, being me, which is kind of like you, I was like, you know, I'm not paying this shit. So I reached out to Beats by Dr. Dredd. I wrote, wrote him a letter. <laughs> and I was like, hey guys, this happened. I don't want to sue you. I would love to, you know, for you to cover my 1,500 bucks. And guess what? Not only did they cover the 1500 bucks, they sent me two 
free headphones and they sent me the over the ear ones this time. Ah. Uh, <laughs> so anyways. Yeah, that's, that's a good strategy, you know? <laughs> great strategy. Never, never just take the bill as is. Always try to but like you hustle know, your... You know, if you had come to me at a time, I would have taken it out for you for $15. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. So you get back to Facebook. It's a happy, happy story. And what, like, what are you working? What project or what big group are you part of? What are you doing? What's the awesome stuff you're working on? Um, I actually went back to the same team. Okay. Um, and then uh, what team right now, uh, so, sorry, what was that? What team was that? Um, it's called the network UI team. It's, it's internal. Okay. Um, my team basically builds uh, visualization tools for network teams. So our cu customers are network engineers. Gotcha. Who are maintaining Facebook. the entire so, server infrastructure for? Yeah, yeah. So nothing that I build is visible online. To consumers, to me. To consumers, no. Got yeah. It. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. So you joined that, and and are you still in that team? Is that what you're working on still? Yeah, yeah. Um, I really like what I'm doing. So I have been at the same team for two and a half years now, and I I still love what I'm doing. Um, so yeah. Love it. I love it. And uh, so now, you know, moving on to the last piece is, you know, extracurricular activities. So you've always been passionate about a few things. One mm -hmm. thing I know about is you've been helping save and rescue puppies. Yeah. Well, How's not just going? puppies, dogs. Yeah. Adult oh, dogs. Dogs. Uh, dogs. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> talk to me about uh, that and, you know, kind of the, you know, where that is in the grand scheme of things today. Um. So I've always been passionate about animals. It doesn't have to be dogs, but mm -hmm. just animals in general. I've um, always been interested in that. And uh, my my family eventually got a dog in 2015. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, that, that was back in China. Yeah. We adopted the dog from this very nice lady who was doing rescue work on her own back in China. So mm -hmm. FYI, uh, in case you don't know, like there's not really any government recognized nonprofit in China um, that, that doesn't exist. Uh, and on top of that, there's no animal cruelty act in China. So oh, wow. you can technically torture a dog and there's no consequence for you in China. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it, it sucks. But uh, anyways, so this lady, she was pouring like money into it, like her own money mm -hmm. into saving animals in China. And uh, I'm not too sure how we got connected to her because my mom yeah. adopted uh, our first dog from her. Mm -hmm. But eventually uh, we got connected. I learned about her story and I learned about her effort because she was like um, kind of take bringing flying dogs outside of China, like to Germany mm -hmm. and uh, every once in a while to the U.S. as well. And I think after learning about that, I thought, you know, this is something I could definitely help out. Like, I want to be able to help that. Um, and by the way, like for people there, I know there are people that's going to criticize me for like, you know, saying there are a lot of animals in the shelter here already. Why are mm -hmm. you doing this? And I said, mm -hmm. number one is like, we're doing like very minimum, like a max yeah. every year I can bring 30 dogs here. That's it. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not like it's easy to bring them over. I nope. cannot bring a thousand dogs over. There's yeah. no way that I can do that. And number two is that uh, as hard as it is in the U.S., a dog at the animal shelter, mm -hmm. if they were to be put down, they're euthanized humanely. Mm. In China, uh, animal control will beat the dog to death or oh, drown wow. them, or there's no humane way for them to take care of a dog. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, as hard as that, that sound, I want to be able to make sure fewer, you know, 30 fewer dogs that have, yeah. that don't have to endure that in their life. Got it. Um, so I looked for a nonprofit, uh, a animal rescue in the area mm -hmm. uh, called uh, Doggy Protective Services. Uh, mm -hmm. Shout out to them. They're amazing. Nice. Um, and then I kind of started volunteering them with them first and eventually brought up this idea of, um, you know, uh, or can you accept some dogs from China? Uh, and then our director, amazing director, her name is Tara. And she said, yes, of course. Um, you know, saving animals anywhere is saving animals. Yeah. So we started this program, basically, uh, shipping dogs over from China. Um, and it's not that easy. We have to look for flight volunteers 
um, and Courtney Foster's and all mm-hmm. that them over. Mm-hmm. Um, so far, I have brought over about 30 to 40 dogs already. Oh, wow. Um, I know every one single one of them, and I'm very proud of what I've done, and I'm glad to know at least whenever they get adopted, they went to a loving family Yeah, um, that I get to at least change some dog's life, you know? <laughs> no, I, I, I love it. And for those who are wondering, Santo is the one who let the dogs out. <laughs> cheesy, <laughs> cheesy joke. <laughs> That's amazing, Santa. I'm really proud of you. And, and, uh, and I love what you're doing. And you're doing this also, um, your, uh, your partner is also, your boyfriend is also, oh, is it fiance or boyfriend? Uh, still boyfriend. Still boyfriend. Still boyfriend <laughs> is also been helping. Able to get promoted to fiance yet? No, got to got to got to work hard. You know, <laughs> yeah. he's, you know, he owes you fifteen dollars. Exactly. <laughs> Good. Okay. So so that's the side project, but aspirationally, you're happy where you are. You know, most likely, if I fast forward and we have another chat, obviously we'll chat more. But let's just say five years from now, what do you think uh, Santo is? What is she doing? Where is the passion leading you? Um, here's the thing. I've always told myself at Facebook, if one day I am doing work that I don't like or doing, Mm -hmm. you know, repeating work, then that's when I'm looking for a change. And I thought, I thought during, before joining Facebook, I thought that would be, the limit would be two years. Um, I'll be like at two years mark, I'm probably doing something that I don't like anymore that Mm -hmm. I need to look for change. Uh, right now, two and a half years, I'm not even close to that. I, mm. so I am still constantly getting challenged at work and I get to work on things that I, um, you know, I've never tried before. Like I am a full stack engineer, um, which means like, uh, doing some front end, some back end, but I'm not too familiar with Python, which is like more back end, back end. Okay. Um, this past week I was picking up a project that requires me to work on Python stuff. And, um, uh, I am not very good at it. So it was taking me a very long time to get used to it, but I'm stubborn because I'm like, I, I'm, I'm a figure this out yeah, and yeah. it's very challenging. But the moment that you got it out, like mm-hmm. I, I figured this out last night, basically. Um, nice. I figured the thing that I was trying to do last night and mm-hmm. I literally screamed at my, uh, in my office. I was like, <laughs> Oh my gosh, I got this shit out. Like <laughs> that's literally what I said. Um, so I'm still getting challenged at Facebook. Mm -hmm. I don't know how long this is going to last. I personally want to, uh, if I'm ever looking for a change, like let's say I go somewhere else, uh, no, leave leave Facebook. I don't want to leave Facebook as a software engineer. Mm -hmm. Um, I plan on, if I I am ever leaving, I'm planning on leaving as a manager at least, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, because I think among the engineering, like among all the engineers, how I can leverage my skills. I think I, I am good mm-hmm. with people. Like my people skills is definitely pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I want to leverage that. I found that right now at work, I'm doing not only just software engineering, I'm doing some PM work, like nice. product management, helping like, you know, uh, filling the gap between the engineers and the product designer. Um, and I'm doing some, uh, sometimes I am doing some product design as well. Yeah. Uh, and then there are parts where I'm doing TPM work, like technical program manager. Like I feel mm-hmm. like I'm doing a lot of things that's um, different. Yeah. Uh, and I think uh, that makes me a uh, pretty good candidate, a yeah, pretty good un- candidate. For unlocking that next level. Yeah. So uh, I don't plan on leaving Facebook any time soon because yeah. I don't know when I will get to manager level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I get to manager level, um, it's a different we'll see yeah. where, where it goes. Like my, my principle is always, I will look for a change when I am not doing productive work yeah. or like I'm not being challenged yeah. right now. I'm still being challenged. So I guess I will stay for a little bit longer for, at least. Um, if one day, let's say one day I get to a director level at Facebook, then I'm staying for longer. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. So Mark, if you're listening to this conversation, weird, no. you know, promote this legend, get her you to the next level. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, so Santo, last question of the day of the podcast is, you know, rewind time, put yourself in the shoes of a, of a college student, um, mm-hmm. knowing what you know now, 
in your audiences, other college students who are listening to this, one piece of advice you'd love to give them? Mm, I think it would be like, it, it really is like, uh, what, what's that saying that people say when, when, when they close the door, they always open another window. Yeah, for yeah, when, when a door closes, another opens or something. Yeah, like that. something like that. But I think I, I truly believe that. But what I think is that that window or that door is they don't automatically open for you. You need to go look for that one. Mm. I think, I think like for me, for example, like let's say my mom closed the, the door of RISD on me, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I opened the other door of looking for computer science. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and same thing for Yahoo, you know, yeah. Yahoo closed the door on me, uh, not giving me a return offer. Uh, I opened the other door and said, I'm gonna try it out. I, I'm gonna I'm try something out, uh, something yeah. else out. Um, so, you know, they don't wait for you. All these opportunities, they don't wait for you. It's on you to go, you know, try it out. Yeah. And uh, you may very well fail. Like I failed. I didn't get a return offer from Yahoo, but it's more about uh, learning from the failure and say, hey, that's okay. And it's okay to fail. I think a lot of times, at least like the younger generations, mm -hmm. I think a lot of times they are scared of failing. Yeah. Um, I failed many times, like starting from the D that I got on my essay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I failed many times. So um, I, I, when I got my, the, uh, the D on my essay, I, I mm -hmm. cried. I cried. But afterwards, I said, okay, but what do I do to not get an F, yeah. uh, to not get a D? Then I mm -hmm. went to my English teacher and I said, please teach me how to write an essay. <laughs> get, 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 me, get me out of this, out of this fear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like you can't just, if, if you fail, then you can't just complain or say, mm -hmm. oh, it's unfair or anything like that. Yeah. It, it may be unfair. It could be that it's unfair. But at the same time, then you just need to make it fair that by fighting back, right? Yeah, so. no, I love it, Santo. Like I think uh, you're absolutely right. You know, staying stationary, you know, you're never going to get to any opportunity. Like opportunities are not going to come to you. You'll have to be active and keep searching yeah. for them and keep opening those doors. And the second part which you mentioned about failure and fear of failure, oh my God, it pisses me off so much. I was uh, talking to someone who is a bit older than you, but like, you know, still young enough, uh, you know, where she was like, I was, we were chatting yesterday and she's like, so what happened to your last startup? I'm like, oh, it failed. So now I'm like, you know, moving on to figuring out something else. She's like, oh my God, you say no, like so like easily that it failed. How are you mm -hmm. surviving? How are you living? I'm like in the grand scheme of things, I am very lucky. Like, you know, like, uh, like I'm, I'm glad, like I'm even able to do this. We're talking on like, you know, nice iPhones and all this stuff. Like I'm worried, like there's so many other people that have much dire circumstances yeah. who, who should be more worried about failing versus like you and me who live in this bubble of a comfort. Um, yeah. But, uh, but look, Santa, thanks so much on that note. I really appreciate you coming on this podcast this is your first time, but not your last. I'm just training you, like I said, for your CEO role. So, <laughs> so, you. you, so you'll be media ready when that day. And I do get to, when I do get to CEO, I will pay you fifteen dollars. There you go. You owe me fifteen dollars, <laughs> and 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 we'll we'll go from there. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much for this. No problem. All right, teams. This is the best part of the podcast, where I love reading a letter from one of my fans, one of my students. So today, the letter from Brian. Brian is from uh, Toronto, and, and he writes, uh, Dear Sherjan, thank you for holding an event every year. I really appreciate you taking the time to help students like me. I first learned of this conference through a friend a year ago, during my grade 12 summer. One of my friends called me when I was packing for university and told me that there was this amazing business event going on in downtown Toronto. Moreover, he said that this conference will almost certainly help me through all four years of university, and perhaps even after that. Being the anxious, rising freshman I was back then, all I wanted to do was for my university life at Western to begin as soon as possible. I never gave any thought as to what I'll be doing during university, and most definitely did not think about a career. In any case, my schedule was clear for that weekend, so I decided to attend and see what the hype was all about. Looking back at it now, this was the best decision I've ever made. My first year at Western came to be defined by what I learned at last year's conference. 
your resume tips landed me my first internship position at an engineering firm, coincidentally enough. Your interview tips helped me get executive positions on university-ran organizations. Most importantly, your networking tips gave me the tools and motivation to grab coffee with some very interesting people. All in all, your event gave me my first real look into the power of building connections and leveraging your network. Although I can safely say building my networks made me a better person than I was a year ago, it also acts as a reminder of just how much more I still have to do. It seems that every month I meet at least one person who's succeeding in tasks that I can only dream of doing. From people getting their dream jobs at bulge bracket banks to others quitting their job to develop revolutionary new products at a startup. It seems like there is always someone who is higher than me. Knowing that hard work is the only thing which separates them from me is ultimately what keeps me motivated. Perhaps if I push myself hard enough, students in the future will look at me the same way I look at those certain people in my network right now. This is what keeps me going. And this is why I came back to the event a second time. Best regards, Brian. Brian, thanks so much, man. I really appreciate this letter. Uh, thank you for giving me this and thank you for coming twice to my event. Uh, you're, you're basically who I call a super fan. Um, well, I, you know, I wish you all the best. Uh, you left me your email, so I'm gonna reach out to you. I'll find you and then we'll get connected. Seems like you're also based in Toronto. So really appreciate it, man. This means a lot to me and, and hope to get connected with you soon. 